Welcome to the Sanctus NYC Message Podcast. We are the young adult community of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, built on the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Join us today as we look to God to lead us into the fullness of the life that he has for us. Before I get into even just the gist of what I want to share with you guys, um, I think the first thing that I've just been feeling this week that I want to start It's not even fully in line with what I'm talking about tonight, but I want to start by just reinforcing this. It's like when you think of all Jesus has done, you think of the verse that God says, if, or or talking about the Lord, uh, one of the apostles says, if God didn't spare his own son but gave him generously for you, will he not also give you everything else you need? I want to start today just with the thought that whether you are here and you don't really go to church, maybe you've never uh, heard really about Jesus before, and maybe you were kind of religious growing up, maybe you have no exposure. Like, Jesus is chasing after your life, wanting to reveal himself to you and show you what you were created for. That is something I would die on that proposition I'm giving you. I would literally, if there's any hill I'm going to die on in my life, it's literally what I just said. Not, oh, religion is cool. Oh, it's awesome being able to have Friday night meetings where we all get to feel a sense of togetherness. It's like, Jesus is real. And it's so much bigger than religion. And when you respond to him moving in your life, he comes and he changes literally everything. And so that's for those of us maybe here who You can't say confidently, I'm walking with Jesus and I know what you're talking about. But for the rest of us, there's so many things going on in our lives. In my life, in your life, there's confusing things, there's discouragement, there's battles, there's failure. There's just thing after thing that, like the Bible calls this life walking with Jesus, it's a fight. It's a fight of faith. And I know for many of us here tonight, um, there can be a temptation for us to feel like you've been getting beat up a little bit and to start feeling hopeless for your situation. Like, is this real? Is God really with me? Can he actually help me with what I'm going through? This situation, this weakness within myself, like, is there hope for me tonight? And the first thing I want to share with you is there is more hope for your life tonight in Jesus than as much hope as any human who has ever lived. Jesus, the God of the universe, has committed himself to you. It doesn't matter what things feel like, what you're going through, what your circumstances are. The God of the universe is calling you and saying, poor you, and I'm calling you, trust me today. Whatever it is you're going through, I'm going to see you through. Whatever battle you're facing, I've already won the victory. You are not alone just trying to keep your head afloat. You could be if you don't trust me and you just try to do this thing on your own. But today, you can trust me. I love you. And I want to just start, before I say anything else today, whatever it is you're going through, if your heart is just feeling like kind of apathetic or you're just kind of beat up or whatever, there is so much hope for your life in Jesus today. And I want to just encourage you and challenge you to put your trust in him and say, God, all right, you're calling me to not walk by sight, but to walk by faith. These are all the things I'm seeing. These are all the things I'm seeing in myself and around me. But God, you say you love me. So today, here I am. I'm going to trust you. And just watch how he begins to prove himself faithful time and time again like he has before. Amen? Amen. All right. So I have uh, a couple weeks ago, 
we had the chicken grease fiasco. We were going to be in here having like a meeting meeting and good old Dallas barbecues with their $26 greasy burgers and wings, not even that nice. Their pipes busted in the ceiling and like chicken grease was getting all over these speakers. And so last minute we were just like, all right, we have to call an audible. What are we going to do here? We ended up <laughs> playing bubble sumo soccer in the room next door and it kind of worked out. It was a fun night. But um, I ended up sharing, I had like a whole message prepared, and I ended up just condensing it to like five minutes. And the point of the message was centered around, I had seen uh, somebody who I, there was a musician, I saw, I heard them live, I like got to like talk to them for a second, and I just remember being like, oh my gosh, like this is just a special person, like God is God is with them. God's hand is on their life. Like, I can't wait to see how their life plays out. And a couple weeks ago, Aman, I, I was, like, thinking about uh, some, I, I was, like, thinking about one of their songs. I looked it up on YouTube. I saw this one video come up. I'm like, what is this? And I ended up seeing, like, this person has not just, like, fallen off. They have gone off the deep end. Like, they went from being in the middle of the life and the hope that there is in Jesus to just being in the darkest, like you just look at their life and it's like, okay, so you think you figured out something better, but your life is even showing, like how broken, how dark what you've gotten yourself into is, like it, it, it just blew my mind to see what happened. And so it got me beginning to think, you know, me, like I grew up, my family's in ministry, my whole life I've been around people in church, people who you look and you're like, God has done something very real. I, it's not like they're just getting manipulated or they just like being around people. It's like God has begun a very real thing in their life, but you see life begin to play out. Things come up in their own battles, cultural things that are going down that begin to affect. And before you know it, you're just like, they're gone. How did that happen? And so today I want to build on a little bit what I was talking about last time, about what separates those who make it to the finish line. And hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, who get to look back at their lives and not say, I was perfect, but say, God was faithful and he saw me through and I see a life where I see the fruit of God through my life. It's like, that's where we want to be, right? That's the end game. We want to get to that point and be able to say that. But not everybody gets there. So what is the thing that separates the people who do versus the people who don't? And so... I had a verse that God, I feel like, kind of put on my heart for tonight, and the first part of it is going to just be a little bit, uh, you know what, I'm not going to just, let's just do it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so can we put the verse up? Proverbs 4.23 says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Okay, so we're just going to leave that there. That is a massive statement. It's like if you're looking for what are the keys for success and things going in the right direction in my life, the Bible is saying right here, do you want to know the, the thing that's going to determine when you get to the end of your life, what you look back and see is this, your heart, what was in it and what flowed through it. So, First, I want to just point to what is the heart? Because culturally today, our understanding of science, but then on top of that, how we have just kind of created 
uh, our own distinctions. Like, we have, like, the head and the heart. And a lot of times, it's like, logically, I'm up here. Like, my passions are in my heart. And that's the way we think about it a lot. But one thing, so important, anytime you see anything in the Bible, your job is to make sure, okay, am I understanding this the way those who this was initially read for understood it? Because it's so easy for me to just read my own cultural interpretations into what I'm seeing, and I might miss the fullness of what this is trying to communicate to me. And so when you do a little study, I'm going to save you like the full thing, but I spent a lot of time this week reading about what is the heart. The Bible has a lot to say about the heart. The heart is used a thousand times in the Bible, and it's often used symbolically. Like, obviously, it's not talking about the blood pumping meat in your chest. <laughs> it's talking about something a little bit different symbolically. And so to, you could do your own study of this later, but I've kind of come to my own conclusion of what the Bible seems to be saying when it talks about the heart. The heart seems to be mine and yours, the control center of our life. It's where our thoughts and our feelings come together to shape our will and our decisions. Another thing the Bible kind of points to is our heart is the moral fabric of who we are. So what is your heart? In a sense, it's the core of who you are. Thing that shows you who you are and also can be shaped by what it experiences. And so the Bible, one thing that's really interesting, often it talks about the heart being like a garden being like a field where things are planted. And one thing that I love in the Bible, this is one of the most profound things that you could just apply. You, when you begin to see this, you begin to look at life, and it kind of shifts the way you see a lot of behavior. The Bible has this idea of you judge a tree by its fruit. Do you want to know what something is? Do you want to know what your heart is? It's like if you look at a garden, you want to know what kind of plants are there? Go look at the fruit. <laughs> It's like, it's not an apple tree if there's strawberries. Pretty basic. And so the Bible says our hearts are kind of like this garden that show you really what is growing and what is controlling what's inside of you. Uh, another verse I want to point you guys to. This is really interesting. In Luke 6.45, it says this. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. So number one, if I'm trying to get a feel for, the Bible is saying, okay, the most important thing that determines the trajectory of my life is my heart, what's going on inside of it, what it's made of. One of the first things we can look at, the Bible says, is look at what comes out of your mouth. The Bible in this is pretty much saying, it's like your mouth is the faucet from the water reserve, which is your heart. Your, your mouth doesn't produce its own thing. What is in your heart ends up coming out in your mouth. So start looking at how you talk. When you see mopiness and negativity, you can't just say, well, no, that's not who I am. No, that's what you're producing. If that's what's coming out of your mouth, then you could begin to say, wait a second, there's some negativity and faithlessness in my heart. If there's gossip flowing out of my mouth, I can't say, well, no, I really like 
care about that person and love that person. Yeah, I was talking trash about them 37 seconds ago, but no, 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 like I literally love that person. (laughs) No, you don't. Through your mouth, you're beginning to see what's in your heart. A lot of times, what ends up coming out of our mouth catches us off guard. It's like, I'm a married man. I'll be the first to tell you, sometimes I'll pop off. (laughs) And Em will be like, what was that? And I'm like, no, I didn't mean that. And she's like, have you read your Bible? (laughs) But it's interesting because then I'll start saying things and I'll begin to realize, wait a second. Okay, I don't want to necessarily own the fact that that's in me, but as I'm beginning to look at it, it's like there's a lot of selfishness in here. There is pride. There's whatever. How do I know? I see what's coming out of my mouth. Another verse. This takes it to another level now. Proverbs 27:19 says, "As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart." So, in a sense, they're saying, "Do you want to know what you look like?" Look at water or like look in a mirror. Essentially, it's saying, look at a reflection of yourself to see what your face looks like. Do you want to know who you are? Look at how you've lived. Look at the choices you've made. Look how you respond to inconvenience and stressful situations or people wronging you or the, the different things that we, we go through. We can't separate what we do from who we are because who we are produces what we end up doing. And so what the Bible is saying is the heart, this is the thing that ends up determining your life. What it's made of is the most important thing because that ends up producing, as you look back at your life, what happened. How do you know what's in your heart? Look at your life. And so we can look at our lives. We look at our track records. It's like, do you see these patterns in your life? Do you see how you respond to people in anger? Well, guess what? There's some anger in your heart. Do you see falling into lust and that being this pattern in your life? Then that means there is lust that has a big hold in your heart. Do you see uh, the things that God has put in front of you, you don't really care, and you just kind of are on your own schedule and your own itinerary, and you just... Do do you want to know what's in your heart? Look how you spend your time. What does your free time look like? Look at your free time to see what you live for. There's some conviction in the second row. (laughs) And we can't separate it because then we say, well, God, I love you so much. You know, there's a verse in the Bible where Jesus says, you call me Lord, but you don't obey me. A lot of us, we go to church, and it's like, oh, I love Jesus. I worship. My hands are up. I, when I pray, like, I have this really cool, like, tear in my voice that makes me sound really sincere, and it's like, I just, like, I love God. And then you look at your life, and your life tells an entirely different story than what you say. Jesus, talking about uh, the Pharisees, says, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. How did he know that? Because you judge a tree by its fruit. It's not what we say. It's how we live. And how we live shows us who we are. So look at your life today. Look at the patterns. What does that say about what's inside of you? You can't separate it. Everything, what the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart because it determines the course of your life. So everything in the end of the day comes back to the heart. 
all of my issues, all of the, the patterns of my life, my biggest issue in the end of the day then, my biggest concern is who am I and what's controlling me? I'm going to point us to another verse. This is where it starts getting a little spicy. So in Jeremiah, the Bible says this, in the heart, there is no good thing. I think it's, it may be in Jeremiah as well. I forgot to write it down. It says, the heart is deceitful and wicked above all else. What does that mean? So what he's saying in this is that our hearts are actually just filled with poison. It's like if my heart is a garden, if it's filled with no good thing, then that means my heart is just a garden of weeds. My heart is a garden of just death. There's no life being produced from it. And so I want to just point us to what does the Bible say about our hearts at first? It says there is no good thing in it. It's deceitful and wicked. So to then take that just back one second. So if our heart is where our feelings and our thoughts come together and God is saying it's deceitful and wicked, then what that means is the way that I naturally perceive life, the things that I'm drawn towards naturally that I think matter most, the things that I say, this is what's going to lead to fulfillment, this is what's going to lead to wholeness, this is what my life is about, this is what uh, the, my best possible outcome, I'm going to take my life in my own hands, I'm going to lean on what I think is best, and it's going to lead me to a good place. I'm going to be the main character of my own story, whatever. What God is saying is, everything that you think is what's best for yourself, you have no idea, you're being played by your own heart. Your own heart tells you that you're going to life, but it's leading you to death. That's what that means. And so can I point us to, in Ezekiel, in the Old Testament, they're talking about who Jesus was going to be and what he was going to do in our lives. And it has this beautiful verse where it says, um, it says, and I will come and give you a new heart and a new spirit. I'm going to take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So in this, Ezekiel is speaking on behalf of God, speaking the words of God, is saying what you need, what Jesus is going to bring is not just like a little bit of help. You need an entirely new heart because the heart that you're stuck with, it's stone. It's deceptive. It's leading you into death. And so I'm not even going to try to fix that old heart anymore. I'm coming to give you a new heart and my Holy Spirit to come and fill you. And what happens when I do that? It says in that same verse, and he's going to make your heart tender. What ends up happening with the gift of Jesus, when we put our faith in him, he comes and he frees us from the old heart that we were stuck in. The pattern of everybody's life apart from Jesus is this. I have this heart. It's like this GPS that is completely out of whack. Like me and my wife were in uh, Europe a couple weeks ago, and like my data wasn't really connecting to my phone. And so it kept saying, like, turn here. And there was like, we're on like a highway, and it was like a wall. And M was like, wait, wait, no, it says you're supposed to turn. And she didn't see, like, she wasn't looking to see if there was an exit. And I'm like, no, we can't turn here. She's like, no, you have to turn. <laughs> no, I'm not. She, she's not going to be happy. I said that. I'm not trying to do her dirty. She, it was really me. I was in an internal battle of whether or not to turn and listen to my GPS. What I, my point of what I'm trying to say is 
the GPS was telling me to drive into a wall. <laughs> and easily, if I just said, look, I don't know where I'm going. I've never been to England. Maybe it's one of those Harry Potter walls that you just drive right through and you get there. But what our heart is, is like this twisted, sick GPS. That's, it's like, what are we looking for? Wholeness, life, peace, joy. And our heart is telling us where to go. And we follow it, and then we find ourselves broken and having driven into a wall. How many times in our life have we seen that cycle play out? No, this is what's best for me. I know. Yeah. It's like, I know, I know. And then what happened? Why are you coming to me crying? Your life fell apart? Because those feelings and those thoughts that we have, the Bible says, we are controlled by a sinful heart. And so that's why Jesus came to give us a new heart, to give us his spirit so that I'm not stuck having a sinful, broken heart with a GPS leading me into walls anymore, I actually can see the outcomes of my life change. I can begin to live a life in the life that I was created for, in Jesus. I can go towards the things that are going to lead to life and peace and joy. Everything that I need, now that I have this new heart and God's spirit inside of me, I am not gonna, I'm not stuck with the same outcomes that I was enslaved to before. And so this is the reality now for every Christian. We have a new heart and we have God's spirit. But here is the challenge. You, if you've put your faith in Jesus, you have the spirit of God living inside of you, but you still have that same old dusty old Luke Petri. That's, that whack GPS is still running inside of you. You have two now. I have a choice. I can listen to this GPS and put the volume up, or I could put that away and pull this GPS out, put the volume all the way up, and listen to that. I have two options now. And so, one second, let me just pull this up. And so, here's the situation we find ourselves in now. God is with us. He has told us, I've set you free from the prison of yourself. I've come to save you from yourself so you're not stuck with those same outcomes, being apart from the life that I have for you. He came, the Bible says we were slaves to our sin, that old heart. But he came and he set us free. You and I have the options have been taken off and we're not a slave. That doesn't mean that you are leaving the prison cell you were living in. You can be not bound to the prison, but still be living in it. And can I tell you today, if you are here and a believer, if you've put your faith in Jesus, all of the battles, really all of the issues and failures of our life is because we're holding on to that other GPS and we're staying in that prison cell that Jesus freed us from. I heard a quote this week that like shook me. It said, if you see anything bad in me, that's me. If you see anything good in me, that's Jesus. Because that's this life now that we've been given. Jesus says, you don't have to live on your own anymore. I'm going to live through you. I say this every week, so say the verse with me. One, two, three. Abide in me and you will bear fruit. This, I'm actually using this verse with a new application today because we're talking about gardens. So the fruit and the life that God created us to live in, only he produces it through us. All of the goodness that flows through us is not of us. 
the best you could do is still selfishness. The best you could do comes nothing close to the holiness of God. And that's why Jesus came to give us a new heart and a new spirit. Because apart from him, we're still stuck. We could do nothing. But through his spirit inside of us now, we can begin to be like Jesus. We could see because he is now in my heart, then that means the fruit that's being produced from my life looks different than it ever did. Up until then, I was stuck in the same patterns. I was stuck in what had happened to me in the decisions that I'd made, the holes that I dug myself into. But what Jesus is saying now is when I am filling you and controlling your life, the only thing that determines what comes out of you is me. It has nothing to do with you anymore. The beauty of Christianity is when we begin to trust in Jesus for this, it's like we don't become better, we become less. He becomes more through us and we begin to be more like him. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. What determines the course of my life and your life today is whether it was Jesus controlling my heart or if it was just still me in the driver's seat. I'm I'm saying this today. I want to instill this into my own heart and into each of us here. Your biggest enemy is no one except yourself. The only thing that can stop you from walking in the fullness of what God has for you is not the devil. It's not what you've been through. It's not your family. The only thing holding you and I back from the fullness of the life that Jesus died on a cross to give us is ourselves. And so I want to just point us to three things. What does it look like biblically to guard our hearts? The first one today is this. We have to guard our hearts against ourselves. When we put our faith in Jesus, we've been given this new spirit. He is leading us. He's giving us his power. Where he has control, we see him working and moving through us. Who here can say, like, I'm not that same person I used to be? I used to, like, think this way. I used to do these things. And I'm not perfect, but I'm not that same person that I used to be. Why? Is it because you did such a good job really studying your Bible and now you've achieved some level of spirituality? No, that's the life of God inside of you, working and flowing through you. But then we begin to see, wait, here are more areas now where I am still struggling. Man, that lust, I can't break it. Is that because Jesus is controlling that area of my life? No, that's because Luke Petri is still riding in the driver's seat. He still has complete control over this area of my life. God is not in control because God leads us into victory. If the Holy Spirit is controlling an area of your life, he's not going to lead you into sin. He died on the cross to set you free and transform you. So the reason I'm saying this is we have to begin to see the areas of our life where we see failure, where we see sin, that is the us that needs to go so that Jesus can come and fill that area. So what does that look like? Guarding against ourselves. Number one, it starts with that recognition of, okay, I am my worst enemy. My heart is deceitful. I do have certain ideas and feelings that are fighting against my faith, fighting against how God wants to renew my mind, and I don't want to let some of these things go. And so I still want a combination of my GPS mixed with God's. Like I'll let him lead me, but then whenever it comes to a turn that kind of looks like that, I pull this one back out. What Jesus wants to help us to see today is he, number one, 
it's, if our heart is like this garden, number one, we can't pluck out the stuff that he, that, that was there before him. Like, if there's sin and there's fruit being produced in your life that's not from God, a lot of times what we think is, oh, I got to just beat this thing. I got to just stop sinning. Oh, I'm struggling with anger. I'm done being angry. I'm done having lust. And you just try to, like, hype yourself up and overcome the sin inside of your life. I'm done being fearful. I'm done fill in the blank. Number one, only Jesus can uproot the sin in our life. That's his job. As long as you and I try to overcome the sin in our own life, you find yourself in this cycle. You find yourself just falling and falling and falling and falling. And Jesus wants to help us see, number one, look, it's me. It's my power in you. It's my life and my fruit being produced through you that transforms you. You have to let me uproot this thing. You need to let me plant my life in there and then watch as I begin to transform you. You can't transform yourself. And so the first area is we need to guard against ourselves. We need to recognize, Lord, day by day, moment by moment, there's different things that come up in my life. And I'm in this battle where I still might hear certain voices in my mind telling me this is what my life needs to look like. This success looks like. This is what's going to bring me fulfillment. But God, I'm with you. I'm partnering with you. And Lord, each part of me that doesn't belong, I don't want any part of my garden to be filled with that old stuff that's taking up space from what you want to replace it with. So number one, how do we guard against ourselves? We have to recognize we really are our worst enemies. We have to recognize only God can uproot this stuff. And then we have to just begin to trust him to do it. We have to say, God, you came to save me from this sin. You came to pull this out of my garden. I can't do it myself. But God, I'm surrendering to you. Here is my heart. What in my life needs to go? You are the gardener. My heart is yours. I'm willing now to partner with you so you can come and do whatever it is you have to do. Number two is this. We have to guard against the devil. I want to put a verse up on the screen really quick. Just that first one, Mary. It says this. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So that is a sobering truth for you and I today. That God has planted this life in our hearts. We're growing. We're seeing God begin to deliver us and lead us and do miracles in our lives. But this is the reality. There is a devil who is looking to devour you. He's looking to ruin the entire thing. He's looking to try to get you to take your eyes off Jesus and put it on all of the other stuff, your GPS, the other one is trying to get you to look at. And in the process, that's how he's trying to get you to completely not just stumble a little bit. He's trying to devour you. He's trying to destroy what God is doing in your life. And so how does he do it? You know, the devil doesn't have the power to ruin your relationship with God. The devil can't break you. The devil can't make you sin. How does the devil try to devour us? It's by this. It's by trying to get that other person back in the control of an area of your life. Here I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. He's trying to lead me. He's trying to empower me. He wants me to live through him alone. 
the devil is trying to get me away from him, back into myself, because he knows all he needs to do is get me back in the driver's seat so I can blow myself up. How does the devil devour us? He pulls us outside of trusting Jesus so that we could destroy ourselves. Once we are on our own game plan again, once we're back in the driver's seat, it's like it's a matter of time before this thing blows up. And so the devil is strategic. He knows in each of our lives what buttons to press. He knows what areas of vulnerability there are in your life. He knows the ways that you have fallen in the past, the way you're wired, and with that, he is strategically trying to get in where he knows he has a chance to get in, to destabilize your faith and how you're keeping your eyes on Jesus. What does it mean to guard your heart from the enemy? I think it looks like this. It's you have to recognize I'm not just walking through life like just floating and just like everything's fine and yeah, I'm in the middle of this dark, evil world, but it's like you need to wake up and recognize there is an enemy who is coming for your soul. He's trying to lead you to fill your heart with garbage that's going to end up killing the life that God is growing inside of you. He's trying to lead you into certain relationships that you have no business being in. He's trying to lead you into certain environments, to watching and to listening certain things, because he knows if he gets you to go where God isn't leading you and to take your eyes off Jesus and you start filling your heart, what you fill your heart with ends up coming back out. So think today, look in your life, what areas could the enemy be coming for your walk with God? What are the buttons he's trying to press? What are the thoughts that he's trying to fill your mind with to take you off your eyes off Jesus? How is he trying to fill your mind with fear or with anger or with lust or with pride? You have to recognize today that, okay, God, there are certain areas of my soul where maybe I'm vulnerable. Maybe the devil kind of has a stronghold in my life in this area. And God, I can't just be passive if I've seen these patterns now in my life of this is the way I think, these are the areas that I'm falling, these are the decisions I'm continuing to make that are like blowing this thing up, I have to recognize, okay, this is a vulnerability in my walk with the Lord. And so what do I do? I need to guard myself now. I need to protect my heart in Jesus from all of the ways that the enemy is trying to come and devour me. Maybe there are things in your life right now. Maybe there are things that you and I are watching. Maybe there's certain people we're associating with. There's certain relationships we're pursuing that you look at what is this producing? And it's like, this is getting me to take my eyes off Jesus. It's like maybe, and this is the way the devil gets us. Like most of the time, it's not like, oh, I just like slipped off. I took one step and I fell off a cliff. A lot of times it's like we're walking with Jesus and he begins to try to just call us towards the cliff and it looks really far away. And so we just start like taking a little baby step and we're like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, like it's not that bad or it, maybe it isn't even a big deal. Maybe God doesn't care about this. But in your heart, it's like the Holy Spirit is like, no, stop, don't go. And then you're like, wait, but other Christians kind of do that and I don't think it's that big of a deal. And it's like before you know it, you're at the cliff and you fell over. How? Because the Holy Spirit along the way was warning you a billion times, this is not what I have for you. He was saying, no, that thing in your heart that's drawing you that way, that is a, raise that volume up a little bit. Follow your heart. 
what I want to just share with you guys tonight is do you want the life that God has for you? You need to guard your heart. You need to say, Lord, what are the things in my life that need to go right now? Come, work in it. What are the areas that Satan is trying to infiltrate my faith? Lord, I need, what are the, the steps you're calling me to take away from sin and temptation? A lot of us want to be in the face of temptation, but just have the strength from God to not fall. And maybe what God is wanting to lead you into in making you more of a man or woman of God is to not say, how close can I, God, I want to just stand right here, but give me the strength to balance and not fall over. Maybe God is saying, no, I'm calling you to stay as far away and as close to me as possible. You don't need to go there. The things that you're going over there to find, you can find in me. Stay away from that person. Stay away from that entertainment that's poison in your soul. Do not recognize that I am enough. I love you. I want to renew your mind. I want to cleanse your heart. I want to produce good fruit inside of you. Do we want to have a secure and, and a faith that is built to last? Then we need to recognize we're in a fight. There is an enemy who's trying to infiltrate, who's trying to just plant things in the garden of our heart. And you need to maybe wake up today and say, okay, I've been letting him have a stronghold in my life. I haven't been guarding over certain areas. I've just seen these patterns of falling into the same thing over and over again. And I'm like, God, help me. And it's like, God is like, I will help you, but I'm going to first lead you away from there. I will help you, but you need to give me control of your life. You can't have my help on your terms. Do you want my help? Then let me begin to reorder and reorient your life. Let me pull you away from those things that I didn't even call you into in the first place where you're just surrounded by temptation. Let me change the way your free time looks. Let's get Netflix garbage binges out of your life. Let's get endless scrolling on social media where you don't even know the next garbage you're about to see. You can't control it. And you're just filling your heart with all of this stuff and it's producing death out of you. Maybe it's time to cut that out. If we want the life of God, he's saying, guard your heart. And the beautiful thing is, it's not our job to do that on our own. God isn't just saying, well, you better not let anything slip through, and you better be smart enough and strong enough, and if you're not, your life is ruined. The Bible says we have a helper. You have been given the Holy Spirit. If you're serious in saying, Lord, here's my life. I don't want anything in here that's not of you. So God, here I am. Help me now. Lead me. The, the beautiful thing is the Bible says we stay in step with the Holy Spirit. And so each step that we take, when we're serious about, God, I want you. I don't want to settle for anything less than you. This thing that I'm chasing for pleasure, I realize today, it's not about that, God. It's about you. So here's my life. The beautiful thing is guarding your heart in Jesus really looks like staying in step with the Holy Spirit, which means step by step, something comes. And when you're walking with God, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure it out. God just says, hey, that's not for you. Hey, okay, we're going a little further. It's like when the beauty of what we have in Jesus, God has given you his Holy Spirit to lead you into everything, into his life. You don't have to find his life. He'll lead you into it. You need to surrender, trust him, begin to obey, and begin to walk with him step by step. And he can't not be faithful to you. He can't not see you through the battles that you're facing, the weaknesses that you're trying to overcome. 
So the last thing I want to share with you, we have to guard against ourselves. We have to guard against the enemy. Third, we need to feed our faith. Sometimes the best way to guard our heart is what David said. He said, I strengthen myself in the Lord. You know today, if you are here in Jesus, you have the ability to strengthen yourself in God. Why? Because God doesn't withhold himself. He says, ask, you will receive. Knock, the door will be opened. Draw near to me, I will draw near to you. I'll lead you into all truth. I'll renew your mind. I'll fill you with my peace and with my joy. It's like when we see what we have in Jesus, we can come to him and say, Lord, okay, I see weakness in my life. I see ways that I have been falling and failing. I don't want sin just to get a deeper hold in my life. So first, Lord, come cleanse me. Second, Lord, whatever it is that you want to do to change my life, put boundaries up, protect me from certain things that the devil's trying to do to get at me. But then finally, just this last point of God, I need my faith to be strengthened in you. The Bible says he's the author and the perfecter of your faith. Are you struggling in faith today? Are you having a hard time trusting God? God wants to help you trust him more. It's not your job to make your faith get to where it needs to be. That's the beautiful thing about Jesus. You can come to God and say, God, guess what? All of these other things that I'm looking at apart from you, they are looking better than you right now. Here I am in a moment of temptation. God, I would so much rather pop off on this cousin. God, I would so much rather fall into sexual sin. I would so much rather let my mind run all the simulations of what could go wrong because at least it makes me feel like I'm in control over uncertain situations. This feels better and more natural for my flesh. But Jesus, you came to help me, to set me free, to cleanse me of my sin, to give me your heart, your power. And so in your moment of weakness, Jesus wants to give you strength. You can turn to Jesus and say, God, you're with me. You are mine. My faith is not where it needs to be. I'm going to get alone with you. I'm going to spend time with you. Here is my heart. The Bible says that God gives us an undivided heart. Do you see division in your life today? Do you see yourself going after a lot of things that aren't of God? You can't pull your heart back together. You need that heart that Jesus gives that's undivided. You need his power. You need him to transform you. And so tonight, I'm just about done. The band can come up. But um, I think just the main point I pray that I hope I got across to you guys is we have to recognize what is in our hearts. What's flowing in ends up coming out. What's in, we end up being able to see by what we do. We know what's in us based on what's coming out of us. And Jesus is saying tonight, if anything's coming out of you that doesn't look like me, it's because that's you and that's the thing I came to deal with. I want to get that out of here so I could fill you with myself. Today, the victory you need, the transformation you need, the ability to stop finding yourself stuck in these same patterns is not going to come by you doing. It's going to come by you receiving. It's going to come by his power working through you. And tonight, if you've put your faith in Jesus, Jesus wants to fill you with his power. He wants to fill you with his life. 
You're not a slave to the same things that you've been falling in over and over again. Jesus is saying, tonight, I want to uproot things in your heart and fill myself where that thing was. I want to protect your heart and pull you away from the things that Satan's trying to use to tempt you and get your eyes off of me. And I want to strengthen you. I want to strengthen your faith and help you to live for me like never before. So I want to just pray for us. The worship team can come up. Can we all just stand up just for these last minutes and we're going to go next door. And so I want to just invite you now, if you in your heart just recognize there's things that as I look at my life that have been coming out of me that point Jesus to the fact that you're not in control in this area, I am. If you want to say today with me, Jesus, I own the fact that my mess is really just me. And Jesus, tonight I need you. I need you to forgive me. I need you to cleanse me and fill me with your life. I want to learn how to live in your life. I want to learn how to depend on you and let you transform the patterns of my life. I don't want to be that same person. You died on the cross so that I would be free from myself. If you're here today and you just say, I want to know the power of God in my life. I want to trust him for how he could change me and fill me with himself. I don't want to try to change myself. I realize I am my own enemy. And tonight, I want more of Jesus. We're going to just end singing that song, God is so good. I want to pray for us first, but I would just ask, would you just pray with me and just open up your heart and say, God, I want you to make that more real to me than ever before. And so, Lord, we thank you tonight, God, that you are with each of us. You are doing a work in each of our lives, Lord. You are leading us into victory, into transformation, into freedom from the sin that controlled us in the past and produced death in the past. You came to set us free, Lord, and transform us. Today, God, we want to be transformed by you. We want your life to fill us, Lord. I pray for each person here today, God that you will help us to t take our eyes off of ourselves, to stop trying to fix ourselves, to own the fact that our heart is still so much of us, but God, our hope is in you tonight. You want to come and fill our hearts. When you fill our hearts, you change us, God. The things that we do, our relationships, all of the areas of our life, God, where we see struggle, you bring healing, you bring change and transformation. God, we need you tonight in a new way. And so, Lord, we look to you right now. We're going to begin to just fix our eyes on your goodness and remind our souls, Lord, you answer prayer. You are good to us. We don't deserve this love that we've been given tonight, God, but this love we have is enough for us, and, God, we can trust that you are going to lead us through the battles that we're facing today, God. I pray you will give people hope tonight that, as they seek you and surrender and give you their hearts, Lord, you will cleanse them and fill them with yourselves, Jesus. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. 
To connect with us, visit our ministry page at brooklyntabernacle.org or you can follow us on our Instagram at SanctusNYC.